0: Gumnut Sports coming at you. This is episode four of season two and we are joined around the Yuletide festive table of sport and culture by the Gumnut Lads. Joe, Jack, Fisho. how are we boys? Backed.
1: Tom, I've just <laughs> finished putting up the Gumnut Christmas tree, which is literally a seven metre tall Gum tree. And uh, what do we have at the top of that Christmas tree, boys? Jared Hayne is hanging from the top of
2: the Christmas tree. Our shining star. Follow him wherever you go and you will find the baby Jesus.
0: Okay, uh, some very exciting news. Now, uh, for those of uh, those keen listeners of the show, uh, last week we did a fantastic segment uh, called uh, Dear Gumnut where we answered the question of a very, very concerned fan. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have been inundated... By a letter. And uh, I think that it's only right for us to address this letter's key concerns right now. Dear gum nuts, First off, I love the show. As someone who set a 2018 goal of becoming a professional sports fan, your show has been the perfect starting point. Plus, it fits within the length of my commute, so that's a win. Hashtag looking forward to Tuesdays. Mm. Come on, boys. It's working. Exactly. exactly. That's good. So I was wondering, who is each of your all-time favorite championship teams – in any sport. Not sure if the grammar is quite correct there, but oh well. Uh, all my love, a future professional sports fan. Well, professional sports future fan, thank you uh, so much for your letter and well, when it comes down to it there's really only one championship team that you can look at and go they were the best of all time and that is the Brisbane Lions of 2000, 2001, 2002. Tom, what a throwback
1: throwback to a time where Innocence was not dead (laughs) and you could support a team that you had some connection to that wasn't your current location.
3: Exactly. Um, Switching the code up, I do have to go the 2011 Queensland Reds. Despite the fact that they were on top of the ladder the whole season and stayed there, it was still a miracle. As someone who had a membership during the dark years of 2004 <laughs> to 2008, that was very much a sweet, sweet reward for that. Yeah, look, I have to go for the
1: mighty 2001 Taylor Bridge under eights team where we were undefeated 24 games. Clari-
0: for clarification, this was a team you were in? This is
1: a team
3: that I this was in. Like, <laughs> this is a southwest <laughs> Brisbane rugby <laughs> club, he's quote. I
1: don't think i now called the Taylor Bridge Bull Sharks, which has Ooh. increased player volume dramatically. But uh, look, what a season. Our major rivals, Easts, uh, thought they were very good. They were not, but uh, they, uh, we beat them in two very close games. So uh, a win for the white boys, finally. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and uh, wrapping up, my favourite would have to be the 2013-2014 Old Collegians Pipe band oh. from BBC <laughs> uh, oh, when God. I was drum sergeant and we took out the, uh, the championship for the East Coast beating um, the, uh, the Sunshine Coast Pipe Band in the March final down at McLean. I'm also really uh,
0: proud to announce that uh, the first Gumnut Sports... Championship gift pack will now be available this Christmas. Each of those fantastic grand finals available for you on DVD. <laughs> Hit your nearest JB Hi-Fi stores. Yours only, uh, for the special price of twenty nine ninety nine. Unfortunately, there is only 700 copies of each,
1: so get in quick. Uh... Tonight,
0: on Gumnut Sports. Is the Gary as nice as Tim Payne claims? Gumnut investigates. The Aussies bask in second test glory while the Poms go on a bender. And who's getting banned? Gumnut Sports reveals the commies getting kicked from the Winter Olympic Games.
1: Oh Oh, my god. That was
2: fun.
0: (laughs) Australia has triumphed over England at the Adelaide Oval. After posting a massive first innings total and bowling the Poms out for less than 250, the twitching 12-year-old Steve Smith then make a, made a surprise decision to not enforce the follow-on, saying in a statement on his Instagram, it was a cold night and those hideous jumpers just don't work for any of the boys. I made my choice after careful consideration and would do it again. Hashtag nobody gets me. The Aussies did recover and bowled well in the second innings to seal the win. It's now off to Perth where the teams will start filming their third movie in the Ashes saga, <laughs> Non-Mish Marshes and The Tale of the Tayland. <laughs> Begins Thursday.
1: The Tale of the Tayland! <laughs> Fucking hell. Okay, good. In the
0: English camp, things just keep going from bad to worse. This time, touring batsman Ben Duckett is off the rails, pouring a full glass of beer over veteran bowler and reformed mullet Jimmy Anderson in a (laughs) Perth bar. He has been suspended for the incident, but he doesn't seem too upset about it, claiming on his Twitter page that, quote, I'm in the tour squad anyway. This whole thing is just a holiday. Praise emoji, cricket bat emoji, beer emoji, sun emoji. This comes just weeks after Johnny Bairstow headbutted an Australian rookie, Todd Bancroft, also it's at a... Per- Bancroft. Todd Bancroft. Sorry, what's his name?
3: Cam Bancroft. Cam Bancroft.
0: This comes just weeks after Johnny Bairstow headbutted Australian Bancroft. rookie, Cam Bancroft, also at a Perth nightclub. What is it with these English lads and Perth nightlife? I thought
1: you were going to say band. (laughs) Camcroft
0: And we close your bulletin tonight with a shocking revelation that the entire Russian Winter Olympic team has been banned from, by the IOC for, from competing at the Winter Olympic Games in Korea in 2018. This comes after an 18-month legal battle where whistleblowers came forward about the team's widespread and coordinated state-sanctioned doping at the last Winter Olympic Games in 2014. However, not all athletes will be barred from the Olympic Games. Athletes that can prove they were clean will be able to compete under the Olympic flag as a Olympic athlete from Russia. So far, no one has come forward, and that <laughs> is your sports death. entertainment news from Gum Nut Sports.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: New South Wales government has finally gotten their act together and decreed that nobody likes ANZ Stadium in Sydney. So it's on the way out. It's hard to get to. It's too big. It's an oval, and the concession prices are bordering on moronic. So what they've actually decided to do is something that only a rational human being would do. They're going to knock it over and start again. <laughs> and that's where we come into it. Gum Sports is proud to bring you Gum Designs, a new segment in which we will pitch you our construction ideas that forego understanding, budget, and physics to deliver you the ultimate fan experience. <laughs> How this is going to work is each of us is going to pitch you a stadium concept or idea, and then we are going to collectively decide which one to push forward with and take to the weekly grind of gum designs. Okay, so first up to the pitching plate, Mr. Fisher, what have you got for us, mate?
3: All right. Now, guys, it is, you always get a bit better view of the game seeing at home watching on TV, correct? Correct. So, why do you go to a game? Atmosphere. Atmosphere. Perfect. So, you want a stadium where you can always guarantee there is a fantastic atmosphere. It's made it in space! Nay, a stadium in which you could control the atmosphere, if you will. Now, what man made structure do we know allows us to control an atmosphere in a very localised area?
2: Uh, the, the Brisbane Planetarium. Okay. <laughs>
3: No, actually, plant No, yeah, you've, you're shooting a bit over, Joe. A, a, smaller, smaller uh, idea. Is an air conditioner an atmosphere? Good, idea, good thinking, <laughs> but no, not where I went with that. Hydroponic setup. I, I think <laughs> I should just go there. Obviously, the answer is a greenhouse. Never would have got that. If you think about it, a greenhouse is allowing you to grow uh, plants in an environment or atmosphere in which they're not normally suited. So this is my solution. The stadium is to be made of glass. You have all of the seats, as they currently are now, move all walls and just encase it in glass panes. Now, this has some added benefits. One, if it's completely enclosed, all noises are amplified and it's louder, so the crowd sounds bigger. Mm. two.
0: That's actually quite good.
3: Two, because it lets the sun in, it will blind the opposition so they will not be able to see the ANZ is half empty when the uh, Bulldogs are playing the Warriors on a wet Thursday night. Three, if you we really take this to the other extreme, because greenhouses aren't cheap, we're going to need more events to really justify this expense. If you really want to control the atmosphere, we open up a whole new spectrum of possible events. I propose Sydney, host of the 2026 Winter Olympic Games. We turn the air conditioning all the way down, get some artificial snow in there and build it, we build a ski ramp in there as well. We
2: have housed,
3: we've become the second city in the world after Beijing to host both the Summer and Olympic Games. I thought you were going to say this was going to be about having the women in there and they could smash
1: the glass ceiling.
0: Oh, my God, that would have been so much better. That would have been <laughs> so better. You have, you have <laughs> categorically <laughs> lost it. You have lost, lost the, the plot. plot. These are all the ramifications of being dacked. <laughs> listeners out
1: there Fisher has been dacked at Central Station
3: I've the original idea was good
2: I just still lost the execution <laughs> alright so in summary you're putting glass around it
1: can I critique it are
3: the seats made of glass no, they no. could be I hadn't explored that yet Okay. So.
2: but stadiums have a no glass policy usually so <laughs> do you plan to reverse that we would, we
3: would have to make altercations to the no glass policy yes <laughs> okay Yeah right
1: Fisho, that sounds great as usual But as usual, you are wrong (laughs) But there is a problem with ANZ (laughs) Stadium Which is why they're getting rid of it But it was originally known back Back in the day a Stadium Australia. Ah, And you know it's the a fundamental flaw... It's just a rebrand. You know the... Pro- <laughs> no, do you know the fundamental, <laughs> f- <laughs> you know the fundamental flaw with ANZ Stadium? It is not Australian enough. ANZ yeah. means Australia and New Zealand. Boo. Stadium Australia <laughs> is not Australian enough. Thus, I give you the design philosophy... ...for the new Stadium Australia... ...which is still in Homebush, unfortunately... Australiana What is more Australian Than beaches We are transporting The streets beach From South Bank In Brisbane Into (laughs) ANZ stadium Not a terrible idea Fucking terrific idea Next Amenities Pies Beer Great thinking But what's more Australian Than fucking Three wicked wings And a beer I want KFC In my stadium Australia I know the link is tenuous But I want KFC In there
0: (laughs) Next. That so feels like a personal vendetta. Exactly. <laughs> Something is related to your concept.
1: It's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can get fucking sumo salad in there. Now that is on Australian. It's fucking not on. Next, who's going to be the fucking groundsman? I'm glad you asked. Russell Coit is going to be the groundsman.
0: thought for a second there he was going to say Don Burke. I thought he was going to make
1: the. <laughs> That's fucking great Next An arbitrary complaint But we need angular stadiums You know what fucking sucks? Round stadiums What happens when I say these words to you? Twickenham Suncorp Old Trafford These are iconic stadiums That have not been held back by curves Even the MCG has triangles in it It is Pythagorean And it is the natural order That's why it's
0: good I'm gonna check that
1: Got that design Anyway (laughs) Next And last Statues Who's going to be the statue at the front? So many options. So many great players. You could have Hain. No. Blocker, right? No. If we're going to do this, we need immortals. I'm talking Wally. I'm talking Mal. I'm talking Thurston, Smith, Beetson. All them, <laughs> utterly deserving of the title of immortals of the rugby league game, deservedly put in the centre of state of origin. <laughs> that is Stadium Australia. You
0: know, Bush, it's a
1: <laughs> <laughs> I give you... The Stadium Australia Concept Stadium.
0: Very nice, Jack. Soon to be put into production. Very nice, Jack. But as usual, you haven't thought about it from the consumer's angle, oh. which is what I have done. So what I've done is um, homebush is out of the way, right? It is, it is not in the way of anything. It is the least convenient thing to get to. So I started thinking, okay, what do people go out of their way for? And there is one thing that came directly to mind, theme parks, When has a theme park ever been in your way? (laughs) Never. But people still go to them. People go out of their way for theme parks, right? So there is only one logical option for the rebuild of ANZ Stadium. Ladies and gentlemen, we should bring you... Wet and Wild Stadium. It is a theme park stadium hybrid where we create a new world of adventure and fun for the whole family. Okay, picture this, picture this. The whole first tier is just a pool deck, right? It is a pool deck, the whole first okay. tier, and if the game gets boring, the waves in the pool get bigger. So, oh, like a, a Mexican wave? Inter- yes, exactly. It is the literal Mexican wave. So fucking Canterbury versus South Sydney, and Canterbury's up by 40 points, there is small tsunamis in the freaking <laughs> tier one wave pool, right? How
1: did you think you and Joe would have the same idea? <laughs>
0: In the T1 wave pool. All right, some some other considerations I've thought of. One really tough thing is that, you know what? Getting out of stadiums when it's really full is really hard. Not in this case, though, because every tier has their own personal water slide that takes you directly to the exits. Right? I Boom. Like that. Done. Next thing. But
1: you can keep the spiral things. Exactly. Yeah, keep the spiral great.
0: things, just water slide down it. Next thing. It's too expensive. <laughs> Boom. Three park superpass. Boom. You're done. It is fun for the whole family. Next. What's the third stadium, though? Allianz, ANZ, What's the third SCG. One? SCG. You Western Sydney. Three, it's a three stadium superpass. Next thing. What is actually the problem at concession lines? What takes so long? What usually takes so long is when you have the old dodger who's trying to pay for his dollar50 tray in 20cent pieces, which doesn't easily divide a beating you to it. <laughs> Splash cash. Everyone on the way in gets a little armband and Everyone gets a little armband on the way in with their credit card details on it, and they just beep,
1: beep, you, beep whenever they need to. Did you go to wet n wild to no. establish
0: this?? No, 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 no. And speaking of beverage trays, sippy cups. Every drink is now in a sippy cup that you can hang around your neck. Boom, done, no spilling, it's all fine. Guys, I present you the ultimate family solution that will actually get people to Homebush, Wet n' Wild Stadium in Sydney.
2: My fucking God. (laughs) Look, Tom... It's extremely elaborate. Yes. <laughs> You've obviously had to way too much time on here. I'll give you... Uh, it's called
0: grand designs,
2: not average designs. I'll give you props. I'll give you props. <laughs> I'll give you what, uh, <laughs> the, the design is wet and wild. Yeah. <laughs> Where Fischo and, 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 uh, and Jacko were in the weeds, you have thought of the consumer, but you haven't thought enough. If we want to build stadiums that will fill up week after week, we need to go after the audience, like you said, that represents the best value at scale. And that audience is the families. Families are the foundation of sports clubs across the nation in regards to both recruitment to your codes and filling your clubhouse coffers with steak sandwich pocket money on a Friday night. Now, to these guys, sporting events represent the perfect opportunity for a day or night out that is fun for the whole family. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you boys to my concept, Sizzler Park. Oh, that's very good as well. (laughs) That's very good. <laughs> the whole thing's just a buffet. It's fucking it's brilliant. Don't
1: steal his thunder.
2: <laughs> Sizzler Park will be the country's most family-friendly venue. From our iPad holders on the back of every seat to a chalky milk tap on the bar, no child-shaped stone will be left unturned. In doing this, however, we haven't forgotten about the mums and dads. See, we'll stock all your regular alcoholic favourites in our uh, on-site sizzlers with a TAB right beside the salad But for all your punting convenience and then finally our our on-site family fund managers will be there to deal with any misdemeanors from adults and children spectators so if either becomes a threat to the uh the family atmosphere they'll be locked in our dual purpose child adult cells and that is sizzler park
1: can i ask what do you do with the kids that are mixing all the things into one cup
2: Exactly, because they're going to vomit. Mm. And so they go into the, uh, the the child room and just you know kind of have their way with the
1: walls. <laughs> can I just unpick this a little bit? Yeah. Is this a sporting venue or is it like... Yeah, whether
2: the place whether like, the players, Is, it, the like, is played
1: or like is, it, yeah. is it just AMZ Stadium? Just the world's stadium,
2: biggest crèche. But it's
1: just Sizzler <laughs> the whole no, way imagine around.
2: You can have your primary school, sixth grade symphonic band break up. And you can also watch the (laughs) (laughs) footage. It's brilliant. What music teachers wouldn't want to go there?
0: Oh, very good. Okay, all right. So the estimated New South Wales government budget for this thing Mm. is $3 billion. So where do we want to send our $3
3: billion? Glass won't cost that much. <laughs> Probably cost more than that. How yeah, cheap actually, is it? Actually, actually I looked at I looked up the glass house. The, it is more expensive per square meter than the
1: current ANZ. Out of curiosity, why did no one think of just borrowing the stadium from Qatar when they're
2: done with it? Oh, 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 that's the demountable. That's good. No, but it was built by slaves. No, you know what? It's still expensive because <laughs> we put it it's back guitar. together. <laughs> you need something cheap. You know what's going cheap? Sizzlers. It's a franchise opportunity. Every bay is a different franchise. It's Fuck. brilliant.
3: Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote first. Um, I want to go with Wet n Wild Stadium. Uh, it's the only logical solution. It, it's the only logical solution. Um, <laughs> and you did put a lot of thought. You sort of actually addressed proper consumer concerns. Um, what about, about the this? concerns?
1: Cash. <laughs> Stadium Australia is
3: not Australian enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sponsored
1: so my, by ANZ. <laughs> My, my it's got
3: New Zealand <laughs> in the name. No wonder we keep losing the Bledisloe. There, my my uh, money is going to Wet n Wild Stadium. Sorry, uh, your money—it's a government's money. You libertarian. As the work, <laughs> government
1: worker here, look—it's yeah. got to be Sizzler, just because reviving Sizzler, <laughs> reviving Sizzler's fortunes from the mire, from the quagmire of tawong Train Station. Yeah. There's got to be some credit given to that. Yeah. Wet n Wild already has two locations.
3: But look, How many does Sizzler have? Sizzler's got like twenty. No, oh, I mate, reckon that place Sizzler's is fucking dead. It's doing like, so, so firm... bad. It's got like three or four. <laughs> it's,
1: like like oh, firmly okay. in rece- it's firmly in receivership.
2: When, oh, when did that happen?
1: Oh, they've been uh, they've oh. been auctioning off their salad bars. post rat poison. Oh, okay.
2: Now nah, look. Um, as much as it pains me to say it, I think there is a lot of opportunity in Wet n Wild Stadium yeah. because imagine the merchandising opportunities. You've got, like, neoprene jerseys.
0: <laughs> it's brilliant. Oh, my God, the Maroons, the Maroons rashi Sponsored by Wahoo.
2: It's outstanding. Well done, Tom.
0: Uh, thank you very much, guys. My vote doesn't count, but uh, I would have given it uh, to fucking the glass House because it's the only practical idea that was actually pitched.
3: <laughs> I, I, wanted to, I wanted to put the That's winter it's Literally it's the least <laughs> practical idea of all time I, I wanted to put the winter olympics ski jump <laughs> In olympic stadium I really like the winter
0: olympics <laughs> <laughs>
3: You, you know, he know what he's man. done You know what he's What's done. you, he, you No know, he was like Oh, oh I would
1: have voted for yeah, shit that, yeah. That's a tie yes. oh, I don't want to do that That's What's exactly what What's the Standing Australia Is like literally It's it's so cheap <laughs> It's so efficient I'm um, not like We could just draw the map of the country You're In a line Cut him off You can't be serious man You cannot be serious That ball was on
3: the line Fisho's fact or fiction? Uh, Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is back again. Is it a fact? Is it a fiction? No, we're not sure yet. Here we go. All right. (laughs) That's why I normally... Did you you write that? Like, fisher, that was your big moment. (laughs) I didn't didn't write. Uh, All right. So I've gone to the cricket, and I've gone with the Steve Smith controversial follow-on decision. Um, Can you please explain to the listeners at home who may not know what the follow-on is? Okay, so in Test Cricket... Uh, so both teams bat. So Australia batted first in the Adelaide test. They made 400 I'm going to do this.
1: No, <laughs> peace off. Peace off. <laughs>
3: Australia batted first, made 440. England batted first, made 227. So Australia had a lead of more than 200 runs. Now that means they could have done something called enforcing the follow-on, which means they send England straight back into bat for their second innings rather than Australia going back in for their second innings first. Normally this is done because you believe you can get the next team out for less than 200 and your team won't have to bat again.
2: It's mental disintegration. It's about crushing them under your mighty treads. It's about keeping
1: the foot on the scroat. Um, it's good. Thank
3: you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, Steve Smith chose not to do this on, chose not to do this in Adelaide, and that generated a lot of controversy, particularly after Jimmy Anderson ripped through our bowls and our batsmen in the second innings, and it was looking a bit dicey there. So I have dug deep into the annals of cricketing folklore, and oh, I've got one annals. for you. Mm. Fact or fiction. In matches where a follow-on was eligible, um, teams have a better winning percentage not enforcing it than by enforcing it.
0: So I'm going to say that again slowly for you. Captains have a stronger win percentage when they are given the opportunity to enforce the follow-on, but don't.
1: Yes. All right, I'm going to jump in. If you enforce a follow-on, you've batted first. Generally, though... If you've batted first and you, inf- you do enforce the follow-on, you are batting last. Now, generally that's because there's a certain amount of time left in the game. Now, my assumption here is that by not enforcing the follow-on, you are less likely to get a draw. Therefore, it is a fact because there's more p- bigger percentage of wins than draws and losses.
2: Um, thank you for explaining that to me. Um, <laughs> no, gen- genuinely, because I agree with almost all of it, but I think not enforcing the follow-on when you have the opportunity to is almost always uh, erroneous because if a team is 200 runs behind you, then they've clearly just shat the bed. So I think it is a fiction and it's an error.
0: So the follow-on is a... Uh... Interesting concept.
1: Ah, Tom's got nothing. This is is fucking genius. Like, we're struggling with this so much. Imagine what our aspiring professional sports fan is trying to do with this. They're, like, taking fucking notes and being like, there was a bit where they said a thing, but it didn't make any sense. This is a good question. This is a
0: very good question. So the follow-on. So here's here's my understanding of the follow-on. Enforcing the follow-on and making the opposition bad again when they haven't reached the total used to be the very dumb thing. But my understanding is that now in... Modern test cricket, that paradigm's changed a little bit, and you're more, well, and you're more likely to not enforce it and choose to have a bat again.
1: It's not necessarily true. Like yes, in theory, but Australia in particular has a really weird thing about it because a couple yes. of times we've enforced the follow-on, having yep. and bat, made five hundred in the first innings, bowled them out for two hundred, and then a couple of times we've just seen huge partnerships go against us and actually either lost or nearly lost.
0: So yeah. we're very afraid of the follow-on in and this I'm country. And I'm close to certain that Steve. Smith has never enforced the follow-on as captain? Uh, He has once. Yeah. But I think, like, it's his general vibe is he usually likes to bat again.
1: That's that's generally an Australian thing, though. Like, it's the same with Australians in batting first. Like, they almost... Australians will almost never bowl first because we're obsessed with the weird hoodoos of the past. Like, think, like, what we talked about last week. Think Ponting, 2005, he bowled first and everyone was like, you idiot, man. Never bowl first. Never enforce a follow-on. Because it just means... You're batting last at yeah, the end of the day. On, and, a,
0: and on a more worn pitch. Batting last on a more worn
1: pitch. if you t- Like, you could be chasing 100 and f- 150, and, like, it's that's, tough. A tough, that's a tough chase as yeah. opposed to, like, making someone chase 300, 400. Like,
0: okay, so I am going to say that that is a fact then.
3: A fact? You're saying it's better to not enforce the follow-up? I'm saying it's better to not enforce the follow on. Okay, so Tom and Jack have gone fact- Joe has gone fiction and is looking very, very smug in a very misplaced sense. It oh. is in fact a
2: fact. Yay. Well done, Jack and Tom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, the one time your contrarian view did not pay off yes. for you in this segment. Damn yes.
2: it, I thought you were going to get caught with your pants down again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no. You thought Fisher was going to get dacked again?
2: <laughs> oh no. uh, oh So just just, yeah, just, to just to throw some, some numbers
3: out here, there have been 89 matches where a team has had a chance to enforce the follow-on and not done so. Uh, they've won 85.39% of them and drawn 11, uh, 12.11%. Uh, in How, many, enfo- what's that? How many have they lost then? Uh, 2.25%. Okay. Um, in enforcing the follow-on, uh, there were 276 matches. Um, you win 78.26% of the time, but you lose only 1.09% of the time. There you go. So you're more likely to win, but you're also more likely to lose. So you're more likely to get a result. Yes, if you wow. don't enforce the follow-on. Okay,
0: okay. interesting. Mm. Guys, that was the most serious sports thing we've done this season. Ever. How do we all feel about it? That's, <laughs> I feel sick. That was an extremely good use of factual fiction. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm, like, I'm just like,
1: oh, this is fascinating. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, apologies to you aspiring sports fans. It's not all fun and stadiums. <laughs> Here goes Palmer, who picks it out of bounds on the fall. How could anyone do that? Unka Gumnut of the week.
2: And now it is time to work out who is the sod in the cheer <laughs> pod. It is time for Gumnut of the week. Fisho. What have you got son? Uh, I'm
3: gonna kick us off and stay cricket related and I've gone Shane Warne, King of Spin, Sheik of Tweak. No! Um, You're gonna have to convince me that he's a gum nut. Alright, yes, so. He is a legend. Uh, something we haven't touched on in this um, podcast yet There's a bit of a selection dilemma for the Australians going in Do they pick Mitch Marsh or Peter Hanscom for the third test? Mm. Now Warney's decided to weigh in He's not a fan of P Handy And he oh. said that uh, Peter Hanscom needs to urgently go back to Shield Which will let Mitchell Marsh come in for the third test a lot of people have pointed out this is probably a misguided use of urgent because the Sheffield Shield is now on a break until early February. <laughs> so there oh, is no, no, wait, no worries, mate. Three fours will do it. Yeah. <laughs> so there is no chance for Peter Hanscom to actually get his technique back and Warnie doesn't know what he's talking about. So Warnie for Gumnut of the Week.
1: Just a basic calendar error, which is yes. what we know and love Warnie for. He's not a details man. He's
3: not a details man. Sidebar. Mm
0: buy or sell, would you buy Hanscom or Mitch Marsh? Buy Handy.
2: Hanscom?
1: Uh, uh, I think, ooh, that's hard. I'd
2: buy P. Handy because his, uh, his sledging is ending careers right now.
1: Um, I think I actually have to buy Mitch Marsh, but that's because I'm hoping what happened with Sean Marsh happens in
2: that I'm wrong. Yes. Yeah. Actually, I want to switch buy because uh, we know the poems can't handle anything that comes out of Perth.
0: Yes, well, yeah. I was going to say, I'm actually a by Mitch Marsh mm-hmm. because Wacker yeah. and Perth wicket and we could use another quick. So,
1: I mean, he, ha- he has been averaging pretty good. Yes. Because yeah, it's fucking flat. But yeah. Exactly. Perth's, Perth is a shadow of its former self.
0: Okay, I'll follow up now, but I'll be honest, <laughs> I haven't thought through this enough to figure out where the gumnut precisely is within this equation. It's a
1: classic wham.
3: <laughs>
0: It's a classic wham because I'm providing you with multiple options and it's up for interpretation.
3: Wham! It's first? a funny story. I'll work out the gum nut later. <laughs>
0: I'll work out the gum nut as you guys react to it. Is it
3: based okay. in America?
0: It is based in America. Okay, I so found my niche in American sports. Okay. okay, so it's a college football game between Army versus Navy. Ah. Uh, all right. So it's the Army, the Army Academy versus the Navy Academy. It's a big game. It happens every year. It is absolutely dumping snow in america right now. I'm not actually sure where this game was played, but it was absolutely dumping snow, right? The navy team come out there wearing a nice quite bright blue colored jersey. Army come out and they are wearing fucking white and grey. Oh, <laughs> <brilliant. laughs> this man cannot <laughs> no, be seen. No, it's, it's like, camouflage. They have done exactly. The cam- they have camouflaged. The army has finally found something that works, <laughs> right? So there is one gum nut, whether it's. I'm not sure if that gave them any advantage or whatever. What was but the
1: final score?
0: The, well, the final score was like 14 13, but here's the other gum nutty part of I, the match, right? Here's the other brilliant. gum nutty part of the match. Sorry. It was dumping snow, right? There were three passes in the entire game.
2: Oh,
0: wow. <laughs> one team passed the ball once in the entire game. It was the only pass for the entire game and it was one of the best plays of the game. So for either dressing the same colour as snow and somehow camouflaging yourself on the pitch or for throwing one pass the entire game, this whole situation is gum nut of the week.
1: I, this is This is brilliant, but also... <laughs> Because it's the army They'd be like Oh this is a smart idea Tactical move (laughs) Exactly (laughs) Sun Tzu Outsmart thy enemy (laughs) Exactly But then they would would have realised At some point We can't see each
2: Each other other. (laughs) Is that our wide receiver? I don't know (laughs) (laughs) Alright Tom That's good But I think I can top you Yours was all about uh, remaining inconspicuous, but mine is very much about accidentally being seen. <laughs> um, it's, it's Poo Gate. I don't know Poo if you read, about, read about this, but it is Poo Gate. So I'll just read the, the is headline. Is about filipusas? No, no, it's, it's about football in, the, in the, the UK. I'll read you the headline bit from this article. The Sunderland fan at the centre of the Poo Gate scandal is denied <laughs> pooing in the stadium, blaming booze and a lack of food for his actions. <laughs> So, Sunderland FC played, I think, Reading in the championship uh, last week, right? And there's this bloke called Callum, who's a 17 year old Sunderland fan, right? He's gone to the stadium and he's been photographed with his pants down in his seat, sitting on it like you'd sit on the dunny, like kind of elbows on knees, just sitting there, right? He's been arrested and chucked in the stadium lockup. Then he's been interviewed and apparently this is what happened he says that his behaviour was caused by necking 12 beers and (laughs) 6 ciders before the game and he'd only had 2 advent calendar chocolates to eat so far that day (laughs) But, but, but so the thing is Everyone said he, he was pooing And that was, was why he arrested But he says He's denied defecating in the stadium Claiming he only urinated instead Because of his intoxicated state Now he says That the bloke next to him Can back him up for this And the bloke has come out On Twitter And he has said On Twitter I quote I can confirm he didn't have a shit in his seat <laughs> I can confirm he had a piss I'd rather it be that than having a shit But I'd rather it be nothing at all <laughs> So At my gunman of the week is, uh, is Callum, the Sunderland <laughs> shitter. That is fucking all
0: time. That is so good.
1: That's fucking great. Oh the fact God. that it's
0: called Poogate just makes it even better. Oh, man. Th-
1: that is how to be a professional sports fan. <laughs>
3: he's 17. 17. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he's up. underage. <laughs> oh, oh, Jack,
1: fuck. what a nudge. Just, right, I, mine has Mine cannot hold a fucking bar to that, but I'll give it a crack anyway. Bemi Cancroft, Todd Bancroft, Cam Bancroft. I really like this guy, particularly when uh, fucking Jimmy Anderson threw a ball and him, hit him in the nuts, and he just you know foisted him, feasted him with a What's fucking that? a fucking five thousand yard stare. But um, he was uh, he was run out the other week in against England. Now uh, We found out later That uh, Until that point He had not been run out In first class cricket oh. oh wow So interesting fact So Kevin Bancroft Never been run out In first class cricket And you know You're not surprising Like he, he he's a good runner Between the wickets But it turns out A couple of nights before He was on the Terps With Davey Warner And had been boasting About how he'd never Been run <laughs> out oh, <laughs> In first class cricket <laughs> That is good Order. So uh yeah, Cabby Bancroft, Babby Cancroft, you're out of here. Come another week. On he's, you, Todd. He's jinxed himself. <laughs> Fuck, this is close.
2: Wow, this was
0: actually very good. That was short and sweet. That's it was good. good. That's good.
2: Oh, I'll go first. Did some work on this? I'll go first. Yeah. It's uh, Todd Cam Bancroft. <laughs> because that is a cl- that's a fucking classic boasting and then uh Having that sweet, sweet irony. Yeah, Todd Bancroft.
0: I bet Davey was, like, a little bit disappointed, but also silently Ow. happy.
3: <laughs> oh, no, damn. Oh, baka! Oh. Just a quiet well. smile.
0: And then just, like, a, should... a, a silent... Lol. <laughs> I'm going to go with the fucking poor because that's <laughs> brilliant. He's a big pooer. I'm going to go with the big pooer.
3: I'm really torn. Now, this is very good. Uh, Tom... I really uh, liked your story and it was a good sell, but both those are actually smart decisions. I know, that's a problem. <laughs> so not. so I, I think you're going to leave that. I do, I do think I have to go the, the, the Pua like Bancroft yeah. nearly won me over by just the cockiness but yeah I, th- I think that's i got go to go the Pua I'm, I'm going, happy, going so. the army the army was funny yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well that's it the Pua has taken the cake here <laughs> at Gumnut of the week ladies and gentlemen that is your episode for the cage. week of course the big sporting things happening this week the Ashes starts on Thursday, Thursday. Thursday. make sure you're, you're getting across that we'll cover of that in our next episode, but until then, sports fans, keep striving.
2: <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> for <laughs> greatness.
1: <years. laughs> like my fucking primary
0: no, school. guys, we th- have actual listeners now that look to us for guidance. Keep we need to. Driving. We're role models. We're role fans. models. All of us are role models.
3: Mm. Fuck. Goodbye.